Hello, my beautiful listeners. I have a very exciting announcement to make. I have just started a Patreon. That's right. Now we can dive deeper into our creative process of awakening together with early access to episodes, bonus episodes, monthly live discussions with a guided meditation. But mainly, I want to create a space where my day ones can show their appreciation. So go to patreon.com forward slash opwar to become a member. That's patreon.com forward slash O-P-W-A-R, and become a member today. Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode... I sit down with the divine lovers, Ashley and Andrew Arasaki. It's not often that I run into people who go as deep as I do, but I'm pleased to report back to you that these two have a permanent residency at the Earth's core. In this conversation, we discuss their journey of awakening, the importance of holding space for others, and how we are consciously creating a new Earth. Ashley and Saki also peel back the curtain of their intimate life and show us how they work through challenges with compassion and clear communication. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ah, I feel so blessed uh to be here at this beautiful home owned owned (laughs) 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 this is not a rental (laughs) congratulations on that mommy we made it yeah y'all made it but today i'm sitting with ashley and andrew arasaki how are y'all feeling fine and divine babes feeling so pumped to be here yeah really stoked yeah, thank you so much for having me over here. Um, from the second that I've met both of you, I immediately felt safe, especially like outside mm-hmm. of uh, Keisha's birthday. I think, is that where we met or did we? And, uh, that is Saki, where we met. That's where we met. Yeah. And we just went deep. And that's mm-hmm. how I can tell like early on is like mm-hmm. if I can trust somebody mm-hmm. is if like there's just no restrictor plates like. Mm-hmm. just full acceptance able to say exactly what we mean and not have to impress and put on this front and i felt that same way with you ashley over at harley's place after the new constellation show and we got to chat and i was sitting on the couch and i kept asking you if you wanted to sit on the couch you're like no nah, i'm i'm good right here mm-hmm. but <laughs> immediately just feeling uh safe with the both of you and i've been looking forward to this conversation and we've only like known each other for like a couple of months, but yeah, I already know that y'all are going to be in my life for a very, very long time. Mm. And um, yeah, I feel grateful. I honestly, you know, we're blessed. You know, I, I know the spheres that I rotate in. People come into our lives for beautiful reasons, whether mm-hmm. it's a visit or a season or the long haul. And, you know, I think when... Saki and I 
Well, first when Saki was like, yo, I met this really fire dude. And I was like, yo, I was in a uh, fucking K-hole. I don't know who you met. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me about him. And he was just like, yeah, you know, we just went in with each other and it just felt easy. And, you know, I think something I appreciate the most about my partner is that, you know, uh, there's no puddle with Saki. It's like you're an ocean or get the fuck out. You know, <laughs> Saki is doesn't really entertain. Saki just kind of sees. I appreciate yeah. that. And, um, you know, for what it's worth, like you said, just as much as you felt safe with me, Aaron, Straight I up, felt yeah. equally as safe with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were at that point, we had literally just met that night and somehow I felt like we spent two to three hours at minimum uh, deep in conversation, just hitting everything mm-hmm. under the sun, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was on, which is honestly my safe place. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. That's Every- my safe place. Getting deep with it. Yeah. 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 It's, it is a, and it's something that's not something that we experience a lot with, like with most people. It's like, it's mm-hmm. almost just like a huge relief. Like, mm. like whenever I find people like yourselves where it's like, oh my gosh, I can finally like relax Chill. and be my full self and like really surrender and feel protected. Like I, on the way over here, I was like, if I ever have a bad trip, I like, I want to be around y'all. Cause I know, I know that, I know that like, like y'all make sure that I'm good before you go back out to the party or mm-hmm. whatever, or just even be with me the entire time. And, and I know Absolutely. I wouldn't be a burden like mm. that idea of not mm. being a burden on the people that are, you're around, like is such a, like a beautiful thing. And I hope that I'm that for you guys and anybody that, that I'm close to. It's like, yo, yeah. like I want, I want to provide the hospitality and for you to like fully surrender and, and cry or, or thrive Mm-hmm. in my presence because it's like i whatever whatever we need there's no reason to feel shameful or guilty to be mm. and i think that's like touching on like an overarching uh feeling that i get just with like the circles that you guys are in being over here like a couple of weeks ago for your graduation which we can dive into as well mm-hmm. um but just like the a space of just complete non-judgment like it's it's yeah. not, it doesn't even compute like yeah. you know when there's just like it's like oh like like if somebody comes in with like a huge like gauge nose ring and like like eyebrows that are like like can- shaved t- off yeah, and replaced yeah, yeah, yeah. with the word but fuck it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. all of that we'd be but like, it's just like oh my god what's their name yeah. do you yeah. think that they want food yeah, yeah. there's no judgment at all and that's that's a beautiful thing because mm-hmm. I think it's a programming that we all have as like Western. Uh, people is it just like let's analyze and break it down Mm -hmm. and put labels on and and that's something in this group that I don't see any of yeah and you know and I think in the old 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 days it served purpose which was mainly to keep us safe right I got to judge and assess are you prey predator companion whatever and then I I my behavior is gauged based on my assessment but it's like now dude nah like I really really do believe you know strangers are friends I have not made yet I believe that in my heart Mm. center and I try my best to approach the world like that um 
And I know that is one part like where Saki and I differentiate that Saki will like assess and go for depth immediately. And I can be a bit of a butterfly and like, you know, I'll, I'll make friends with a rock for real. <laughs> and we'll have I a banging conversation, that. me and that rock, you know, straight up. But I, I will say, you know, before we transition too much, the one other thing that I really appreciated about meeting you was that um, I didn't have to make myself small around you. And I really appreciated that because while we're saying all these amazing things and I don't in any way mean it towards any group of friend I have or any friend I have in particular, being able to not make yourself small around someone is I don't think something that you can really teach people. I think it's something that's innate. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, like the God body in me sees the God body in you. And we really connected over that because, um, you know, during that time I was engaging in complete and total sobriety and I was, and we were at a party. Um, and you know, we talked about how you do not drink alcohol anymore. Um, and I am never one to advocate against drugs of any kind. I love drugs. However, it was very ap apparent at this um, moment of time, which lasted about a month, that I needed to fully check in to my body, my mind, my body, my human experience, and reconnect in a different way. And something that sobri total sobriety really opened up for me was that you know, sometimes, whether it's drugs, it's the party, whatever, um, it can make us feel a little comfortable sometimes with dimming that shine so that other people can receive us a little better. Because goddamn, dude, when you show up in a function literally just as you are head to toe, I think people feel that. And I think even people that love you, it can be a little intimidating to just witness someone in their fully fucks, no fucks given, you know, I'm in my bag. And I really appreciated, you know, you were sitting on the couch and I literally laser beamed over to your ass. I was like, hey, so what's good? I was like, so this is another God body sitting yeah. here. We should, we should talk. Like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> just, right, just dude. <laughs> just over there with my cat ears. I was like, mm, this one's oh, appealing. Yeah. I put cat ears on too. You like, did. I'm not averse to fun. I think, I think in something that I learned being over here last time is just like, you guys did like jello wrestling and yeah, all that kind dude. of stuff. Yeah. But I was like, like, that's something like that's still like an edge for me. It's like, how do you like incorporate like the child mm. and bring him back and, and mm. show him that it's OK? And seeing an example close up to be like, oh, like, it's not so serious, Aaron. Like you can you can play around in jello and, and wrestle your, yeah, and rest yeah. your yeah. wrestle, wrestle your, your friends, friends and do some Brazilian jiu jitsu on them <laughs> <laughs> or adjacent. But yeah, you guys are definitely like an example. But before, like, I want to go, okay, so everyone finds their way to Portland in their own unique way. Mm -hmm. and everybody has a lot of experiences that shape them. But I want to kind of go back to each of your guys' lives and kind of like, what are some of the, like, the stages that you went through? And then how did y'all meet each other? Who is young Saki? Who is young Ashley? 
maybe some of the experiences that shaped you to that point. And then, yeah, it's organic. Yeah, love that. Um, Why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Um, you know, when I think back to the youngest, the younger versions of me that I can remember, um, I've worked with a lot of different healers and therapists because there are big parts of my childhood that I just truly don't have memory on anymore. Um, and I mean, for whoever your listeners out there are, you know, that could have been from heavy cannabis use in my teen years to, you know, truly being in a, a home where I experienced a lot of childhood trauma and kind of it was a coping mechanism, obviously, to keep my to keep myself safe, to like not remember things sometimes. Um but, you know, damn, when I go back into those early years, I was a little woods hoodlum. I was, like, climbing trees in my backyard, fucking around with worms, you know, being a total tomboy. I straight up came out the womb in probably boys' shorts and, like, a shark tooth necklace. Like, that was my John back in the day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, I think I always was trying to find my way in in the duality that is existence like I was always like that tough chick but like a total feeler um and I think anyone with that tough whatever persona it's like especially when you're a little kid it's like it's a safety mechanism especially for something you're most likely experiencing at school or at home or whatever um and then going into my teen years, I mean, I started using substances pretty early in my life, to be honest. And a part of that was like, you know, to rebel, but a bigger part of it was to explore. Like, I think from a very young age, I was just like, but what are we doing here? Like, what's this actually about? Um and I think, you know, my my ancestry also, um, you know, half of my lineage is Panamanian and the other half is Irish. And I grew up on a lot of folklore and mythology mm. that gave me a lot of insights that I feel like the Western world and academia could not. Um, and that really sparked my my interest early and helped create a lot of my frameworks. Um, and I think before I talk about how I met Saki, um, I will say that the real gateway drug for me um, was Buddhism. (laughs) 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 Buddhism was was absolutely my gateway drug into nobody's got this shit figured out, but damn, it helped me get a grip Mm -hmm. and it helped me find the road to put the car on. Yeah. No doubt. Mm. Buddhism mm. came into my life in my late teens, early 20s, um, you know, and it has since evolved into like, I mean, I've like briefly studied Islam, like brief, obviously I've had my own stunts with Christianity, um, being, you know, in a Latino household, um, opened the door to like witchcraft and brujeria and so many other aspects, but like, damn, all the time do I go back and thank Buddhism for like opening that door for me. Um, 
do you want to tell the actual story how I met or do you want me to tell it? Because you know I love telling that story. Go for it. Okay. Send it. Okay. Yeah, you're on a roll. Um, Saki and I met in, um, it wasn't senior year of high school, right? No, we were 50, so summer of, I forget what the year it was, but it was in between sophomore and junior year. Like, Totally. I remember that because we had just gotten our licenses. We were like 15, 16-ish, just starting, you know, to be able to explore the world kind of on our own, basically. This was in Philadelphia? Uh, Like an hour outside of Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Saki went to the uh, high school that was like neighboring mine. And my high school was very, very farm, very Caucasian. Uh, Saki's high school was just like where the party kids were at, where the vibe was at, a lot more diversity. But Um, also farm because don't get it twisted. (laughs) Literally outside the doors was a giant cornfield. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And now we're outside of Philadelphia is all cornfields. Yeah. No lie. Those cornfields raised us. <laughs> um, but Saki and I met because I was having a party at my house. Um, and it got wicked out of control. You know, I thought it was hot shit because I'm having like a 50-person banger at my parents' house while they're gone, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I couldn't have fun at my party because I was just monitoring. Mm-hmm. Right. And then next thing I know, you know, the sun's coming up, sun is coming up and I'm like okay, well, I guess I can chill now. Um, And I go out to my porch, honestly, to like smoke some weed and just blow off some steam. And there's this dude sitting there all by himself. And uh, we listened to Biggie and watched the sunrise together and, you know, smoked a blunt together. And that's how we met. Actually did not smoke a blunt together because I didn't smoke weed at that time. Oh, yeah, it was just me smoking. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's like a very cute meat story. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So... How did you grow up, Saki? So I grew up, um, so I'm a first-gen American. Um, I grew up, I think, basically just kind of always viewing the world and always viewing my peers uh, very innocently. Um, Definitely was taught from a young age. I definitely didn't see myself as different from a young age, even though the world might have perceived me as different, especially growing up in more farm country, rural Pennsylvania, um, where a majority of the kids are, uh, you know, Caucasian, white. Um, But a lot of my upbringing was spent, I was a typical, I think, 90s kid. I spent all my time outside whenever I could, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of those had to be home by the by the time the lights turn on. When dinner was kids. ready, you yep. had to be home. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and I think around the time that I was probably in fourth or fifth grade is when I think I really started to become introspective because that was right around the time that my uh, parents, who were obviously immigrants, um, they helped bring uh their families over specifically my mom helped bring her siblings over um and we were fortunate enough and my parents worked hard enough that they had a two-bedroom you know two-bedroom one-and-a-half bath home enough for my sister and I um but once there were two to three families in the home um you know 
I couldn't quite find my own. I couldn't quite have my own space. I just wasn't, you know, there just literally wasn't enough space. So I think that's where the introspection began. And especially this past year, I've been able to kind of uh, rediscover that inner child and that specific moment of introspection because um, I realized that around fourth, fifth grade is when I really started to uh, dive into playing with Legos. Mm. And it helped me really uh, just express control and also creativity and craft my own world where I couldn't, I wasn't able to do that uh, in the external. Um, but yeah, I think that is a, that kind of summarizes my inner child and my upbringing. Yeah. Where, I think this is a pretty loaded question, but when did like the quote unquote lights turn on for you? Cause both of you seem like, like obviously very self-aware and we go through these journeys in of more or less consciousness, like throughout our lifetime. And sometimes we're thrust into taking center stage and being aware of the lights that are shining on us, um, sometimes guided by trauma. But do you feel like both of you, like early on, that you were, uh, I guess, like something more than just Mm. like the waking versions of ourselves that Mm. everyone perceives us as or that we're connected to something greater? Mm. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, absolutely. I think that that came early on. Um, I would say, yeah, right around that time of fourth and fifth grade for myself personally. Um, and even into kind of trying to discover and find myself throughout middle school and up until the point of, uh, probably around the time that Ashley and I met like, uh, 15 or 16, which is when I think I started to use uh, alcohol as a means of maybe numbing all of the uh, existential questions that come with uh, growing into adulthood Um, and then coming to terms with, uh, I think, uh, part of who I am, I think, is and has always resonated with if I have to, you know, be here, I'm going to live life to the fullest. and that is part of, I think, I have always led for something that uh, is part of like stoicism, which is uh, memento mori, which is um, remember that you must die and just coming to terms with death at a very early age and coming to grips with just mortality in general has uh, really allowed me to rekindle that connection with that inner child and be able to really, really live life to its fullest potential in whatever way that means for myself. That's beautiful. Yeah, we're all running away from death, like at least in the West. And if you can integrate that visceral understanding of I'm going to be gone one day, like it really like lets go of like any sort of pressure that we have to achieve anything. Like, it's like, I am inherently, like, valuable in this moment. Literally. How am I connecting to this experience right now? Because, like, it can be gone tomorrow. And I think death, being close to death and seeing it with family, friends, or whatever, it's like, it hurts in that moment, but you know it's giving you something. It's giving you that perspective that 
that like it can happen to me and I I know it can but like the people that have never experienced even like a grandmother dying I'm like yo you haven't even lived yet like straight like, up you haven't yeah. lived <laughs> until you lost somebody like close to you and and then it allows you to appreciate it exactly much more it's it's quite I think uh liberating is the perfect word for it it's really liberating it just uh also allows you I think to be put into the driver's seat of your own of your own life Money. of your own car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about you ashley yeah um also wanted to say love the extra loaded questions <laughs> <laughs> fucking put them in the <laughs> oven and bake it babe. Yeah, throw some extra cheese on yeah that. love that um so i think if i can take your question and put a question on it i would say when was the first time I noticed I was different? Mm. Um, and the first time I noticed I was different was when a woman at the grocery store asked me who my nanny was, and I realized she was talking to my mom. And I was just like, what does she mean? And then I was like, oh, my mom looks a lot different than a lot of the people around here. And I was like, what does that mean? And I think that also as a very, um, um, my ethnicity is not white. My race is white. Like I really think um, quick side tangent, you know, especially as like Latinos, like we've got to erase this whole like, I know what what oppression feels like i know what races homie no we don't like especially if you're like literally white like no we don't um but i think that was the first time i noticed i was different and then the first after realizing you know having this woman like touch my mom's hair and like um ask me who my nanny is and i'm like this is so strange this is my mom um i think that led me to I guess the first glimpse of introspective awareness of who am I? I am different. What is this? Um, I think my first probably like flirt with consciousness would most likely be um, through mala meditation in my later teens um having like my first like a uh, sober head high of like mm. what the fuck is this shit is mala the beads yeah yeah, yeah. yeah my mom mm-hmm. yeah my mom um would always make me malas and um and i just had that experience of like oh whoa this is like getting high too which was really cool because mindfulness is like getting high um and i think yeah that was another really big introspection moment that came a little later. But in between the two, I was definitely just fucking around for sure. Saki was like one of the dopest people I ran into in my like uh, mid to later teen life. I was like, yo, this dude's really cool. Like what's up with him? You know? Yeah. It's yeah. what a blessing to find each other like so early. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I don't think I had ever like met anybody that resonated with the same things that I was like, mm-hmm. I don't say like outside interest, but just like, just like that awareness of, mm-hmm. of like something greater 
because mm-hmm. I didn't ha- I didn't have any examples or nobody like put it into words for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so I was just kind of going off of like what do all the other kids like to do and I was following and chasing my entire childhood even like mm. in the college like I was chasing it's mm. like I've always had like a a deep inner world but I was looking for the outer world for like mm. the cues to be like it's okay mm. like that's okay like I was like is this okay and then the outer mm. world would always just say no so I'm always moving mm. trying to find stability within myself by using the external world as a reference point whether those friends or family but it's just like oh like I'm asking I'm looking for all these like like unconnected to anything like like besides like red bulls and vodka (laughs) like just like people that i look back now i'm just like oh my gosh like why would i ever defer like not recognizing like my own like connection Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it's almost just like god damn like why was i like i wasted so much time but i didn't have any examples so i was just seeking constantly seeking and that remains like one of the main things I do is just like seeking and just trying to know and trying to get closer to knowing. And I think the first time that I I like knew, or I guess like experienced like somebody that was like standing in their presence Mm. was, I think it was like my sophomore year in college where I took a philosophy class, but this man named Hugh Afshari, just the way that like he interacted with me and he was just like, you know, when you speak, everybody's looking at you. Like, wow. everybody's paying mm. attention to you when you say something. And it was very interesting that he saw that. Before even though I didn't, did. yeah, I didn't even yeah. believe, like, yeah. whenever I did finally raise my hand as, like, the most quiet kid and shy person in the world, it's like everybody turns to see, like, what he has to say. And yeah. for him to, like, recognize that. And then we, like, like if he, he was, like, moving or something, and I, like, like, I was like, oh, I'll help you move, like, type of thing. Just somebody who introduced me to Carl Jung. Like, mm. I had no oh, clue who wow. Carl Jung, mm. Jung was. Well, and he was talking yeah. about, uh, like, dream analysis and just going deep into the subconscious and the unconscious and, and, like, how these currents are guiding us into new experiences. And it really opened myself up to myself. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, like, who's this guy that's analyzing dreams and shit? And that's the dopest shit, too. When you really open up and you really go in, you realize it's just me out here. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally just me out here. Different stages of me, different reflections of me. And I think that that is just so beautiful that, you know, we've all been able to have that experience and can also just like share it, not just with each other, but people we come into contact with. It's really mm-hmm. special. Yeah, I think that's part partially like our like duty on this plane too mm. is to mm. like be that example and hopefully like guide other people towards that aha moment to mm-hmm. to to self like to Absolutely. be like oh like like I'm here like I <laughs> I have autonomy and and I'm connected to something greater mm-hmm. but that journey of of getting back to to self in a real way where it's like okay like now like this is the first step out the door like mm-hmm. finally like it exactly. took all this time just mm. to make it to square one and it's like all right now what i'm gonna do with this it's like <laughs> now we're starting like i'm i'm already like starting to grow a beard but now i'm awake <laughs> like okay cool but it's i think just having gratitude and and that's i think where like compassion comes in was when we recognize that not everybody is there and mm-hmm. it's not their fault it could be an aversion thing because i think i've been averse to 
Oof, stepping yeah, into yeah. my truth fully for a very long time and it takes constant work to be like no no no, like you're on the right path like yes like mm-hmm. you don't need anybody else to tell you like exactly. that you're worthy and that yes. this is the right thing um but having that trust and finding trust with self is a big one it is that's a huge one and um just kind of echoing off of that i can relate to a lot of your story because um again as a first gen american all my parents kind of pushed was assimilation like assimilate to what your white counterparts are doing and we can't give you you know we can give you validation at home and uh, to like what's right and what's wrong um but as far as your navigation with the world you're kind of on your own kiddo um that was very apparent in you when we were younger because even when it's like we would all meet up to like go to a function, it'd always be this dilemma of who's going to drive, who's going to get the whatever, whose house are we sleeping at, blah, blah, blah. And Saki was very, um, Saki was always never waiting for people to give directions. And that was super hot to me. And we didn't <laughs> date until years and years later. Like we started dating when we were in college and, you know, we met later on in high school. Mm-hmm. But I always appreciated that about you um, because you were a person who was comfortable. Taking control is not the right word, but stepping into leadership. And there's a difference mm-hmm. between stepping into leadership and appointing yourself as a leader, right? Absolutely. And I felt the same way with you. You were always open to... Thank you opening your house up, opening your home up, opening, you know, even providing if you had a sandwich, you would just split it amongst the group. And like, (laughs) it was just, you know, those things where it was like, it is a we thing, not an I thing. Like, And that's always been like very deep in us. And there's a part of me that's like, is it cultural? Is it like uh, just truly like a remembering how close we are to source like really really having that knowing even from such a young age that it's like bro if you are suffering I am too I don't even have to know really what you're suffering about and simultaneously your win is mine too Mm -hmm. even if it has nothing to fucking do with me exactly yeah we over I always exactly it's very hard to teach people that Mm -hmm. yeah something you just feel and are but again uh having and knowing that feeling is just ways of uh stepping into leadership for sure without uh being appointed it's just people recognize that and people move towards that good feeling like oh that was right that yeah. felt good and that was good and go ahead sorry, sorry. no you're good, no, you're, <laughs> you're, good. No, you're good i know i know i love it i love when i love when you start know, doing that go ahead i know yeah but it's like it's one of those things too even aaron what you were saying it's like you know i didn't even know that these hoes were listening someone told me that they were but it's like that's the thing like i really truly feel that when you're moving in the world with pure intentions it doesn't even always matter for right or wrong because i think that shit can get hairy but when you're moving with purity with love even most importantly no fuck everything i just said with (laughs) curiosity Mm -hmm. with true 
earnest curiosity. It's felt on a vibrational level, even if people don't know what the fuck you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think we could even feel that with like language barriers with family. Oh, absolutely. You know, growing up in multilingual houses. And, you know, I can totally, I know what you mean when that feeling that you, when you speak and you can kind of feel people's ears do that thing or just like they look at you a little bit. And to be truthful, uh, I don't take it lightly. I think it's a really, I use the word awesome, like A-W-E, like awe. Mm -hmm. Like it's a responsibility, you know? And it's just something that like, I think we have so many examples of leadership in the States that, you know, I just feel blessed we're all here doing what we're doing because we didn't really have that great examples of leadership. And I think, you know, it's just I'm losing my train of thought a little bit, but it's just really special. And I think that when you have integrity with it, it doesn't even matter if you know all the right answers. It just matters that you're going in, in a direction. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I experienced that heightened level of connection and stepping into leadership like when i'm having reverence for a stranger mm. like that's mm. probably like one of the highest levels that that i experience like <clears throat> i remember camping at timothy lake like every year like uh at like the anniversary of my mother's passing like i'll go out to the lake and like, i'll go by myself or when my dog was with us i'll go with him mm -hmm. and last time i went i did a tab of LSD and I was just like out there and there was a family. It, this is like in the middle of the forest. Like there's nobody around, but there happened to be like a family that was camping, like probably like 500 yards away. Mm -hmm. And I was just camping by myself and my tent, and my dog. And, um, there's like, they were like riding like quads over. And like one of the guys came over and uh, he like, he invited me back over and I was like, coming down and i was like i don't know but then i was like you know what like i have to go and mm. uh so i went over there and like got to spend time with them and it was just like just the trauma like the guy had just gotten out of jail f for mm. like many many years mm. and they were talking about how uh there were kids there and they were saying like that his dad was like in jail for some really messed up things um but you can feel, I could feel like the trauma and just being there to listen to their story and not judge and to mm. play with the kids and mm. strangers, complete no. strangers. Mm -hmm. And it was just like seeing myself acting as the divine servant. And I experienced that throughout yeah, life a lot of different times where it's like, there's no cameras on me. I'm not putting it on Instagram. Like the other day, this guy was drive it and now i'm like i'm gonna tell everybody no like how whatever no <laughs> but, uh, no yeah go there but go like there. but like i was outside of my house and this guy was walking to his car like in the middle of the street so i didn't know if he was like visiting my neighbor or something and he was playing like this loud music and i was like oh it sounds like you're going on a date and then like and he was really large man probably like over like 350 pounds or so but like getting in his like little car and mm -hmm he he starts talking to me out of his window and i'm like sitting in front of my house and he was just talking about how like he was in jail and and this and that and that he's on a different path now and i can see him start tearing up and i like got up and like walked over to him 
and just listen to him for like Mm -hmm. 15 Mm -hmm. minutes 20 minutes having him pour his soul out and him willing to do that and he was crying and it was just like the middle of like the street and he's just parked right there and my Mm -hmm. arm was over his car and Mm -hmm. i was like oh so what are you doing here he's like oh i'm just a doordash driver and i'm like Oh, like he's just working and mm-hmm. he just decided to share his whole mm-hmm. story with me. But I think creating that space for others, like that's kind of like where where I feel like I show up the most is, is when people feel comfortable to to be and to, to dream and to share mm. with me. I'm just like, oh, I'm so grateful that you feel safe with me. Because mm. it's like, that's all that we all ever want. It's like that thing, exactly. that's all I ever wanted because I, I was seeking say. safety in all these dangerous places mm-hmm. like uh-huh <laughs> like yeah. the most dangerous places and and uh but yeah providing that for others is is a blessing it really is i i gotta take one riff off that too and just say i think that i love having uh i have like moon circles with some of my homies and we've been opening it up recently like you know just having like more circles with men involved as well um but something i really like to talk about when we have circles is just this the facade of purpose this idea that you've come here with this one purpose this one john this one mm-hmm. conquering this one archetype that you've come here to embody which obviously there's truth in everything to a certain degree right for sure but i was like yo fam purpose might be that you had that conversation with that dude the other day and he didn't kill himself like he thought he was gonna purpose is you gave that houseless person half your sandwich and they hadn't eaten in a few days purpose is I make an intention that anytime someone walks through my door I know they're leaving with a belly full You know what I mean? Purpose does not have to be this grandiose thing. Purpose is those small moments, those acts when we're living in divine reverence, really. And even when we're a little scared, right? When we're out in the middle of the fucking woods coming down off a tab and we see a bunch of people, you know. <laughs> bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> yeah. Hillbillies. yeah. I'm like, like oh, oh, Lord. Oh Especially like, as a POC. Yeah, yeah. give that kid a shower. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. But you were curious. And you Mm. moved forward with a pure heart. And those are moments when I really do. And I love that you use the word like, I think you said servant or like in service. Divine servant. Divine servant. I love that. To source's will, you know, like that's Hopefully hopefully that's stepping into leadership and not appointing myself. No. (laughs) No, I know. I'm just playing. Uh, (laughs) He's like, I know. It's good. No, we're good. We're good. I got this. but I, I really love that and I just had to echo off that a little bit yeah um can I echo off that as well please echo 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 <laughs> um to kind of echo off that as well uh I am gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here cool um, with your singular purpose this is me and Saki's game <laughs> late at night some couples just watch tv at the end of the day and unwind we're like existential chess <laughs> yeah. exactly we're like, let's go even deeper. <laughs> and then someone's like, okay, it's three in the morning. We need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get up for our capitalist purpose tomorrow, whatever. Yeah, but that's not real. Just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. 
But okay, so a lot of those examples that um, y'all just listed off, I'm seeing one common theme among them, and mm. this could be, you know, everyone's perception is different of the situations, but um, isn't our purpose to connect? Ooh. Ooh. I don't think that's devil's advocate. I think you're like riding the wave. Yeah, for <laughs> damn sure. But yeah, all of these examples that y'all posed are just connecting and also furthering that point, uh, realizing that it's not, again, coming back to this whole theme of I versus or we versus them, it is honestly just the connection furthers the point that we are all part of Mm -hmm. the same whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to say one of your favorite quotes of all time sorry that i'm saying it no please do it makes it more special i think it furthers the point yeah that the connection is the high like that's Mm. really what we're doing wow okay so there's been like 19 like episode titles (laughs) connection is the high that's the the one that's the one right there yeah that one is yeah and it's true though because like when you're in it it's like there's no there's no way that you can like fabricate it or fake it nope Mm -mm. and it's like the quicker that we like remember mm-hmm. that that is the truth. It's like the ease that just takes over everything. Oh dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we stop kind of like feeling isolated mm-hmm. and it's like, it's isolating. Exactly. Like just the thought patterns isolating. Once we like shift the perspective as like, Oh, like I'm a part of everybody here and we're all on the same team. And regardless if we say it or not, this is how I'm going to choose to interpret. Cause it takes energy to, mm-hmm. to be like, Oh, this is, I got to keep reminding myself that this is the actual truth of things. Yes. And this mm, world is trying mm. to pull us out of the, yes. that truth. And exactly. it's fighting tooth and nail to preach separatism and like alienation. And mm-hmm. let's get all these people separated mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. easier to kill all that. Mm, <laughs> yeah. And it goes that. further than that. Not even just the people separate from nature, separate from, Oof. Yeah, Oof. you know, yes, dude. separate. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, I'm getting jacked up. <laughs> God, yes. And and it's like, you know, just riffing. But it's like, I remember the first time I felt creator speak to me. Like, hands on the ground in my shit. Ear to the ground. And I heard her speak. And it was just like a like a beat like a beat, like a pulse. And I remember coming back up and looking around and thinking, damn, I'm really out here, huh? Like we outside, we outside, (laughs) (laughs) like we outside. And it's just like those type of experiences. And Saki, thank you for bringing us back home with that one for damn fucking sure. And it's like, yeah, dude, purpose is being purpose is union joy remembering that joy is my birthright like yo dude that's fucking it right there and you know i'm sitting with y'all and it's just like this word is so important for all but especially for men of color to hear from other men of color like nah dude get in that jello pool and wiggle around (laughs) and have a good time get so safe that you can play Mm-hmm. Get so safe so you can play. Yeah. That's laughs. Straight up. Oh my God. So 
y'all met when y'all were in high school. Mm-hmm. Saki did not smoke the joint. <laughs> was Coming not back smoked. and yes, Saki yeah. was not smoking. Weed. I think just like the the idea of like and this is like a detour, and I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. have plenty of overlap. Yeah. But just like the idea of like partnership and long term partnership, mm. and I think at least like when I witness it, it starts with like a genuine friendship, mm. like something that's meaningful mm-hmm. and not just like straight like courtship and expectations where it's just mm-hmm. like oh like i enjoy the way this person thinks and their outlook and the way that like being able to speak with one another and like a fl- there's like a flow to it mm-hmm. where that you can't replicate in this microwave dating society it's like oh like there's there's something deeper than just like physical attraction and and just proximity with one another like there has to be like obviously safety but then there's just a flow when both people like look at each other like, yep. And that's something that like, I feel like I've never really had, but at any point or whichever way you want to like dive into what your partnership has evolved into and where, what that journey has been and what are some of the tenets of a good relationship? Yeah. So I'll have to say, uh, in the beginning, Saki was my friend years later we became interested in each other and even before we got in the thick of uh i'll say romantic love i mean like you were you became like my best friend and it was not because and we were still in that stage of like developing physical attraction with each other for sure Mm -hmm. but i mean like you were like my dude you know i was like i felt um i told saki in the beginning also i was like ashley how many times are we gonna cry on the show trying to keep it about three or four (laughs) (laughs) is this one did you cry before uh i cried right before you came over okay for sure yeah (laughs) yeah rolling um saki um saki was the first time that i experienced what I realized other people had talked about when they used the word um, home. Um, That was my first time experiencing home. Um, Yeah, and um, I just never knew what that was like before. And that's how I knew it was something really, really fucking special. And Saki also just really helped me realize that, you know, home doesn't have to be a place. It can be a feeling. And that is something that, you know, like, I feel in the most loving, non-transactional, it's all equal way. Like, I'm forever in debt to, not you, but like your soul for helping me figure that out. And like, damn, you know, next time when we link up, like, I'll remember that shit for sure. Because figuring out what home is, like, that's irreplaceable. Um, and that happened not too long into us dating. But he was already, like, my fucking dude before, for sure. But, yeah, that's when I knew something was a little different um, to be able to feel that way. What does home feel like? 
oh my god home is so warm (laughs) home is so home is so warm but also like the color blue home makes my ears get hot home is just like a place where you feel like you can melt relief relief oh my god home ho home feels like a really deep breath like after a long day like that's what home feels like home smells like when my mom makes empanadas and like when i'm like walking past a really awesome rose bush like and it's like yo people like think i'm corny sometimes but i'm like it's been 10 years 10 years and there are still be moments every now and again where i get that and it's not it's like not nothing major but it's like it still happens because i'm just like wow dude i'm and it, okay and it leads me into something we talk about all the time and something that i try and share with others when they ask us input about our relationship and it's like dude there is a difference between love being in love and divine love and i think sometimes uh vocabulary and language are really hard to encompass what divine love is and i mean i think i am you know trying for this podcast but it is something that's without words and like go go ahead yeah can i yeah. add to that mm-hmm. uh see okay t- i think to me divine love is something that is without words because to me home you described it as you know every once in a while you still get that fluttery feeling to me i think that i'm always kind of like a little up and fluttery to me is just that relief Mm. that calmness Mm -hmm. that I get Mm -hmm. and uh so I think that to further your point divine love is different for every person because we are all different as well yeah and it is something that's ever-changing because we aren't stagnant creatures either and it's like it's also though it's like you know and I feel like I get a lot of feedback, especially from women who are like, you know, to some degree see our relationship and are like, I want that. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, bitch, you can't have that because you are looking at me with comparison and Mm. you will never, because just because there will never be another me and Saki, you are creating your own thing. Right exactly but it's like it's it's deeper than that you know and it's i think that we see each other exactly truthfully yeah and i don't mean like the meat suit i mean like in my bones like you see me and i see you and i mean we've had you know conversations like after going really deep in meditative or psychedelic states and like really asked each other like yo how long do you think we've been together (laughs) you know like straight up and i am not ever one to say that like 
finding the right person or doing whatever like or you have to love yourself first before you find the like I think that that is all I I don't really agree but I mean I am absolutely not fabricating when I do say that I know your love saved my life and that I know mine as to yours the same absolutely I mean anyone who's ever struggled with suicidal ideations or not wanting to be here on earth like and it doesn't have to be your romantic partner like it can be your homie it can be your dog it can be your mom but like divine love will bring you home if you let it Mm -hmm. at the end of the day yeah that allowance i think that's something that i uh am coming into knowing is like allowing it to be mm-hmm. and when it's there it's like giving you an opportunity to like let go of the armor and like mm. unclick the chet the, mm-hmm. the fabricated chest plate that we've Straight designed up. and it looks good but it's still like constricting you mm-hmm. and like complete like just weeding away all of like the defense mechanisms and the defense systems and mm-hmm. i think like when you say like you see each other like being accurately perceived is something that i like long for it's like mm. when somebody can see how i'm positioned within space and consciousness and awareness and can identify with their words or with their energy be like oh this is where aaron's at right here yeah this is how oh, i yeah. can support this like state of being right now <laughs> and to yeah to be able to ebb and flow and um yeah, just like the accurate perception and like witness the growth and witness how do you get from point A to point B, like energetically and emotionally, how they got from here to here and you can see it. And if it's if it's something that you're able to articulate, like, let me know, like, mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. know that you see that how I got from here to there to, mm-hmm. to everywhere. I don't want to be in a pocket because I can hide in plain sight emotionally and energetically and pull away mm. and you don't even notice that mm. I'm away. I'm, I'm right here. Dude. Like I'm inside of you and Woo! you don't even know I'm not here. Yeah. That I'm not here. Yes. Yeah. Like, like yep. that shit happens all the time. Uh-huh. We're just like, yo, I'm not here right now. And this is just like avatar Aaron. Like my mind is elsewhere. Or like my spirit is elsewhere. And, mm-hmm. and obviously it's like, it's my job to be embodied in, in all the situations that I choose to, but it's like, I don't know if it's like a test or whatever, or it's like a trauma response of just like leaving the body mm-hmm. in close proximity and intimacy. Cause, and then just seeing uh, another person in their fantasy of what I am. And I'm just like, if this bitch knew, <laughs> I am not here. I am not here. I checked out. Yeah. But it's just like, I want someone to know, like, like, like look me in the eyes and just know that like I'm here like, yes. with you and have mm-hmm. that moment. And, yes. Um, for me to be able to surrender like to a true divine connection. Yes. Yeah. That's like that, that give and take. And I think it's the, when you know, you know, type of scenario, but there's a lot of, I, I do however think the self love thing is like, yes. is completely necessary. Like at least from my own experience, like I would, similar to what we spoke about before it's like i would just like outsource like mm-hmm. my like infatuation with somebody mm-hmm. and like let go of like any sort of integrity mm. within myself mm-hmm. just because she's cold mm-hmm. <laughs> 
looks wise. <laughs> and we I'm, all know like, exactly have, what yeah, homeboy meant. Yeah, we gotta, yeah. yeah, we gotta have like definitions. We all know what that is. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's like, like I what's love, a John? Yeah. And when people go, at the end. no, and people go, she always says mad in front of things. Do you think she's like angry? <laughs> and I'm like, no, girl, it was mad cool. Like, come on now. That was heady. Yeah, it was. It was just a little. The, the lingo got a little too heady sometimes. Um, but yeah, dude divine love and it's something too that i'll say you know even in a recent moment where andrew and i were being intimate i for whatever reason or another because i'll say dissociation is an is another safety mechanism like that's like my mental health background kicking in to like put that shit on the mic that's a safety mechanism uh, you know, I think that the DSM-5 is a very, uh, it's built on proximity to whiteness, like it's built in Western regulation. What's DSM-5? Uh, yeah, the DSM is the Diagnostic Statistic Manual for Mental Health, and it's what um, someone like me who has a background in uh, clinical social work and trauma-informed care studies to become more knowledgeable about psychiatric disorders. Um, and I don't fuck with the word disorders. I say difficulties, and all my professors and bosses get really annoyed by me because... Yeah, that's just how I fucking feel. It's not a disorder. It's a difficulty. Um, But there was a moment where, um, you know, to the observing meta eye, nothing was different in our uh, sexual getting started, right? Mm -hmm. But on frequency level, I felt you disappear for half a second. And I pulled back and I said, where'd you go? And you, I mean, and it's just like, this is kind of the level that we're at now, though. And, you know, I could tell that you were feeling a little upset. And you're like, damn, she really caught me really quick there. Like, I just disappeared for a second. And I was like, hey, let's just slow down. And I'm just going to, let's just lay on top of each other and just breathe together. Mm -hmm. Take a break. And take a break. And we'll return to the sex if it's right. If not, we'll come back another time. But it really opened up a conversation between us that, you know, was really like, um, I am not down for sexual experiences anymore. Like, and I don't even just mean him. I mean, like, we've talked about, like, you know, me coming out. Oh, man, we're backtracking so far. Um, You know, in our 10-year relationship, I've also realized that I am bisexual and like wanting to have experiences with women. Um, but you know, and like opening our relationship and this and that, but it's like, I'm not down to for sexual experiences where true presence is not involved because it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right anymore. Feels like I become an object and I'm not fucking down with that shit. Um, and everyone's in different levels with this shit, but I view sex as a sacred energy exchange. I do. And that doesn't mean we can't like get fucked up and be wild and do some fun shit, but it's like, I do view it as an energy exchange. And if even for a moment, I feel you slip away, we're going to stop. We're going to come together. We're going to regroup and then proceed accordingly. But you know, it's just like, it's really beautiful. We're at that point in our relationship where it's like, 
even you pop out for a second and I'm like, hey, dude, where'd you go? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's even like even outside of sexual experiences like Andrew and I, even like at like party settings, social settings, like if I haven't been around you for a while, I'll just start clicking him in my head. I'm like, hey, Saki, 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 shit you not. More times than not, within about five minutes, he's like, hey. And I was like, oh, did you hear me? He's like, yeah, for sure. Like, what's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, like, it's pretty cute. Um, and it's dope when other people, I'm like, I'll just, I'll just be like, hey, for fun, like, hey, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to start calling him. And people will be like, you weren't fucking around, were you? And I'm like, no, dude, because we have a cord, like, straight okay. up. And it's like, I'm so deeply committed to you and you to me that it's like we'll even push ourselves when it's uncomfortable. Like that experience with sex the other day. It was uncomfortable. I know you got a little upset. I got a little upset. But we were like, fuck no. Like we're going to slow down and come back. Mm -hmm. And just discuss what was going on. Yes. And or where I went. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah and where what, what the checkout was, and you yeah. know, more times than not, it is. It's just like a little fantasy. Even someone you—that's exactly what it had was. Had sex this time with around. a million times, yeah. you know, just getting in that fantasy mode, and, and I just felt you not being present with me for yeah. a second. And ironically enough, it was a, it was a fantasy about you, just you know, getting to the actual yeah. sex part, <laughs> yeah. which was even yeah. yeah, which makes it I think a little funnier. <laughs> I'm so glad we just shared that on air. Yeah, yeah, thank, yeah. thank you. Yeah. No, yeah, like, I'm pretty proud of that. Hella as well. exclusive, intimate. Yeah. I appreciate you both like for yeah. sharing something like so personal yeah but it's things that we all experience though mm-hmm. like Absolutely. And to be able, like to be able to talk about it like that's mm-hmm. one of my biggest barriers is is mm-hmm. speaking about the things that i'm thinking about oh, it's yeah. like i think that that fear of safe like not being safe is something mm-hmm. that keeps coming back it's like can i trust this person mm-hmm. to tell them the x y and z mm-hmm. like ah, i'm just gonna keep it under wraps because i'm afraid if i tell them then they're gonna abandon me exactly so i can't i, I can't be a hundred percent like truthful or honest because if i can stay paralyzed and oriented in this specific pose even though like my legs going dead <laughs> and i i feel uncomfortable and mm-hmm. i haven't exhaled yet mm-hmm. like this is the place that i need to be to keep them around mm. and i would i would just be like holding 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 and then they would leave anyways or they would, yeah. They would yeah. cheat on me anyways, and they yeah. would do this anyways. And then I'm like, I'm like, damn, like, why didn't I just like, say like, it? risk it and just say the damn thing why didn't I live and just my be truth? okay? Yeah, like stand in the truth and be like, hey, like if you don't fuck with this, then like I just know to move on and I'll mm-hmm. cling yeah. to something that's not working, just because I don't know it's convenient or like it's something to do or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of just risking like everything just going away Mm -hmm. yeah do you feel like there's ever been instances like where you have risked it and said it whatever it may be like do you feel like you've ever done that before and if so how'd it work out uh i've definitely like been open and told the truth but i wasn't reciprocated in the way that i gotcha that i wanted to but it was like it was a necessary step to move on yeah i was like here you're gonna like like i even like verbatim it was just like oh this is what i do i pedestalize like your beauty like Mm -hmm. to this person's Mm -hmm. face Mm -hmm. and she didn't really dive deep into it she Mm. was just like oh like that's that's cool (laughs) like you're still here so her being very uh aware that she, 
or maybe unaware, but she just leads people on and shit. And I was just like, I don't know what it is, but I just keep on coming back around. Um, and she was okay with like stringing me along, but I had to like verbalize it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I keep, like, I don't know why I'm here, but like mm-hmm. I'm here again. And it took a while to like weed it out. And now it's like, that shit's gone, gone. Like mm-hmm. she'll like, yeah. like my stories and my photos and mm-hmm. send messages. And I'm, I'm not cold, but I'm just like, there's just no nah. follow up. I'm just like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm, I don't, I can't play these games like with you anymore. And finding that self-respect was because I love myself. Yeah. I love myself way too much to do that. But then I'll, I'll find someone else to invest my energy into and, Mm -hmm. and get met with that same chest pain. And, Mm. and, Mm. but it's always, I think like we learned so much on that journey back to self-love. That's the walk of shame, Mm. like the walk of shame, but it's like, but it's like, but it's into power though. It's like, I don't Mm want to say it's a shameful walk, it it's very uncomfortable feeling that sting but then when you come back to self and realize that that door is always open and it's yeah, never dude. closed yeah, yeah that's dude. when you realize it's like all right cool like i just need to be here at all times like as long as this is accessible and i don't lose sight that the way back home yes is is always there and it's like laid with roses and and it's always going to be an accepting warm place like yeah. then i'm always going to be safe mm. yeah i feel like that kind of goes back to um knowing what it feels like to be seen fully and be understood fully Mm -hmm. because even though you kind of brought that up to this person that you pedestalized them and they essentially didn't didn't see you they just kind of accepted it as face value for what Mm -hmm. it was and they didn't see what you meant what mm-hmm. you really meant mm-hmm. it was a big step to be able to say totally that you were being super vulnerable respected mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's just like it's also like it is what y'all are talking about but semi-tangent off it's like yo i don't take input from people anymore who don't look in the mirror and i don't look for validation in them either but it's hard that doesn't mean that it's easy. I, I talk like this and I walk like this and I move like this, but that doesn't mean I don't get my feelings hurt every now and again. But that is part of the process. And I try to really, you know, even when I talk about like boundaries with people, I'm like, yo, dude, it's really hard in the beginning, whether it's boundaries with like, I'm saying this to my partner, I'm doing this, I'm walking in this autonomous body. But like after a while, the boundaries get easier. And man, you get addicted to that too. Like it's like sugar or something. (laughs) You're like, no, I don't want to come to the function. No, I didn't love that you just said that. And no, I do not want to be touched there. Thank you. You know, (laughs) you you get you get up in that shit. And and I try to also frame it to a lot of my girlfriends who are dating. I'm just like, view it as practice. Like, I know we want to fantasize and go to these places and get attached and that's okay. It's okay. But like also see it for what it is. Most likely practice. Hopefully someday it'll, you know, fully <laughs> register. Yeah. But like bring more jello. Just bring more <laughs> jello. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, dude. Nice. This is definitely like, yeah, this is, we're going there on this podcast and it's, 
extremely unique because at this point most of the podcasts have would have already like ended but like we have many more layers to oh wow peel away i feel like we're just getting started i know we yeah are, like, we like, are just getting warmed warm up. up we are yeah. just getting warmed <laughs> up but uh i did ask you both to write a couple of things down mm-hmm. as a podcast first because mm-hmm. i want to mm-hmm. see like what are direction. we the first time there's been two people no no okay mm-hmm. gotcha but but this is the first time i've asked people to come with like something pre-prepared yeah. just to kind of set the stage and and see like what's on your guys's minds mm-hmm. sick so i asked so for everyone listening i asked ashley and saki to write down three things either questions statements or general inquiries mm. um that are relevant in their lives that they're thinking about because i know they're brilliant and have a lot to talk about but it's like i'm not sure that i would naturally go into those places so without further ado so the three things that I wrote down were divine love as number one. Number two, uh, I wrote the new earth. Um, and in parentheses in smaller print, I wrote rooted in ancient ways with spirit, science, and social justice. Um, and then the last thing I wrote was a critical thinking question that maybe all of us could spend some time with, but it's something that I've been reflecting on for, I would say, the past year and a half, two years. Uh, and every time I think I arrive there, I'm like, mm. <laughs> but this question is, who am I when I have nothing to give or offer? Who am I when I literally have nothing? Um, and this and obviously, you know, I've come to conclusions like being, et cetera, et cetera. But this question really came to me when um, I have a, like, I have like hyperactive joints. So sometimes like my knees will dislocate and stuff. And I had a stint about like two years ago where I couldn't walk for about a month. And I, it hadn't happened in years. And every time I go into this phase where, like, I have to use a wheelchair or crutches or whatever, I get very depressed because everyone has to do everything for me, and I really fucking hate that. And I sat with myself, and I was like, who am I when I literally have nothing? Like, when I can't move my physical body, when I have to have someone help prepare my meals for me, when I can't even, like, emotionally, spiritually, like be present because I'm kind of fucking depressed you know this and that like who am I when I've got nothing and I mean I want to hear what y'all have to say obviously but like my end consensus was truthfully I'm still worthy Mm -hmm. I'm worthy of being here and that's you know the most things that would flood in but that was my last one I'll let you go ahead and share yours beautifully put um do we want to answer your question? No, no, no. You should do your three first, and we'll, wait, we'll wait, come wait, back. I want to answer. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, I was okay. like, hold right, on. Right, that's right, a loaded right. question. No, we're already here. Yeah, we're yeah. Right, here. All right, okay, cool. I think the first thing that came up for me was a student. Mm. So just observing mm-hmm. and not attaching the worthiness to the deeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like what is happening around me? So it's just like, okay, I'm awareness taking in the the environment and if i don't have 
I guess, like my imprint or my brush stroke within the environment, what am I doing? I am receiving and I'm taking in information, hopefully like moving past like the ego identity, like that thirst for Mm -hmm. contribution and wanting Mm -hmm. to build something like goes away. Like obviously like with our practices or mindfulness practices, it's like we kind of process through that. And then like when we enter like kind of like that vastness of just experiencing self, like I think that's what we always go back to but it's it's the journey so we're just learning how to be with self and at whatever point we get to that place without holding like that expectation of like oh it's got to be this it's got to be that we can just completely just like float so yeah. we're just consciousness that and that is also where i've come to many a times mm-hmm. what what am i when i have nothing to give being consciousness the observer. It is very hard to stay there though. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit. Cause the thing is I can flirt with her. Damn. Is it hard to stay though? And like, we're talking like, you know, like just this specific example, when this fir- that when this question really came through, it was like, you know, yeah, it was like about a month that I was on the couch and goddamn. And I'm and I'm also like, is that the human experience of it all? Suffering. Yep. And that's exactly. what the Buddha opened me to. You know, it's just like when the Buddha taught me that the only universal experience that I will have with all of my peers is suffering. Oh my God! I swear, I went like this. Like yeah. My shoulders. Well, that's the same thing he's talking about death. Like yeah. we're talking about Straight death. Up. It's just like you just relax into the knowing. Yes. Of this is what is always going to be occurring. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how? What's my relationship to suffering? What's my relationship yes. to death? It's like the ultimate trauma bond from the Buddha. Ooh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> trauma bonding with the Buddha. Oh my that's god. another one. Yeah, that's another episode. Oh my god. But yeah, and I think that that's you know. And I want to hear, I want to hear your answer. For sure, for sure. But I think that that is the beauty of it all is that we can flirt with that awareness, but I don't really, I don't really believe people, especially Western world folks who say, I live there. I live in all knowing consciousness. I am (laughs) always the meta observer. And I'm like, nah, dude, you probably just sell ketamine and you do a little too much of it. Like, I don't fucking believe you. (laughs) Straight up. I really don't. Yeah, because I, sorry. No. I was going to say, because I think that our society just literally does not allow it. Like, to exist in this society, in this Western society, there is no way in hell. That we just stay there forever. But I guess, you know, that is the whole John. Yeah. Yeah, but it's creating the conditions, though, because I bet you, like, a lot of the concepts that are in your number two, the new earth, Mm-hmm. allow us to stay there for a much longer period of time like that's oh, cultivating that's yeah that's cultivating mm-hmm. the energy we talk about the new earth i've got a lot have you read say. a new earth by eckhart tolle it is right over yeah that one's there. the one it's in my bedroom it's orange it's it's one of the orange but yeah before no, we dive into that yeah. uh-huh. saki yeah. what do you have written down yeah. Oh, wait, I also, what do you want to say about my question? Oh, if yeah, you have anything too. you oh. want to say, we, we kind of went in. No, yeah, that was basically going to be my response is ultimately like the observer and just being the student and just, fi- I like I like to think of myself as a pretty resourceful person. And I think at the very basis of that, of the, 
very basis of that statement. Um, to be resourceful, I think you need to have knowledge. And for that, you know, at the very basic level, you just observe, you absorb information mm. to the point where I can piece these, uh, put these pieces together of knowledge to the point where it can be perceived as resourcefulness and in mm. that way I can kind of dig myself out mm. of that feeling of uh, I guess not contributing mm -hmm. to the world in whatever way that may be yeah, yeah. I appreciate that me too I it was really nice to ask you guys that question yeah well the, like what comes up naturally is like when I said like like awareness or consciousness or that there is suffering it's just like the four noble truths is like the first dude like exactly you just, that's you just jump right about. into the four noble no, truths yeah, it's exactly. like impermanence like mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. like the fact that there is suffering that there is a path that leads to the end of the suffering mm -hmm. and it's just like oh it's right there it's like we just enter buddhism and <laughs> we follow the path the gateway drug my friend yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes straight up <laughs> yeah I want to hear yours. Yeah. So I uh, went pretty broad, and I think that we actually touched on all three of the topics that I wanted to talk about, which is really naturally. That's sick. epic, dude. Yeah. Welcome to opening presents. Uh -huh. <laughs> with Aaron Robinson. Yeah, with, with Aaron Robinson. When there's no gift wrap. <laughs> 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 we ran out of it. Didn't get to run to the stove. Uh, so my first one is the importance of community. Um, I've just, I wouldn't, I literally would not be here right now if it wasn't for my community, mm -hmm. friends, family, mm -hmm. my beloved partner, mm. my dog, mm -hmm. every aspect of what shapes of community. Mm. Um, the second is, uh, and these two are kind of coincided together, uh, perception and realities. I think that that was one. Yeah, perception, perception and, reality. and realities are yeah. one. Um, I think that a lot of what hinders that connection that we all kind of seek uh, is the fact that we all uh, live and perceive the world very differently and live in these very different realities a lot of the time. Um, and not having, I guess, empathy or compassion and understanding of the fact that we perceive the world differently or live in these different realities is uh, a big blocker for that connection that we're all kind of seeking. Um, and we're all kind of seeking that connection because ultimately, um, and my last one is we're ultimately trying to get to a place of love. That was your last one. That love? was my last one. Love, love that. Uh, your, love was your third and my first. Yeah. I love that. That's dope. I was wondering if we were going to have any of the same. I was wondering that too. And I even in my head, I was like, don't do shit that you know that dude's going to do. <laughs> obviously, I put love on there. Because, I didn't have divine you know, love. You didn't have divine love, but, you know, we're we're getting to the same yeah. same spot. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to write these things down. And, and it's like they're all points of a star, mm -hmm. essentially. And it's mm -hmm. like recognizing the components that are necessary to... I don't know, be happy. Like I love the that 
I think over the last number of years since being in Portland, realizing the importance of community and my place within community and yeah. creating it and fostering growth within community. It's like if we're not learning from each other or growing from each other, then it's not a community. <laughs> yes, yeah, straight like, so up. Like I feel like that's a part of it is is opening new doors, uh, like and not seeing seeking opportunities for growth. Like if we're not doing that, then we're not being of service like to one another we're not being genuine with one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. just, even we were speaking about like relationships and stuff it's just constantly weeding ourselves away from the programming of limitations and and like we can't make an impact on other people's lives or whatnot we have to we have to step into the leadership role in a lot yeah. of senses and and mm-hmm. and identify our gifts and give it freely mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to one like to one another and like once we identify that, it's like that's like when I think that's when we start having fun and engaging with life. Straight it's like, up, oh, I'm dude. just giving this this thing that sometimes isn't tangible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, especially with things like stepping into leadership or using your voice, using your art, using your medicine modalities. Right. It's scary. And I get met with that fear and i know when i have this conversation with others i say more or less kind of the same thing every time which is like yeah it is scary do it anyway Mm -hmm. do it anyway dude and every time i'm a little freaked out i know i'm on the right path because if i'm just sitting here real comfy all the time nothing's connecting find that comfort in the uncomfortable yes Exactly. And just also, you know, realizing that it's like when you are truly moving with integrity, when you're really moving in a way that is not just for benefiting you, but for benefiting those around you, yo, bro, it does not matter if you fall because you got a whole system there to catch you. And then the opposite, what else happens? You soar to new potentials than you could even imagine. At my graduation party the other day, someone asked me, you know, what I was going to do now. And I said, "Uh, I'm actually going to blow off this month and I'm going to dream for a little bit. You know, like I'm the first woman in both lineages of my family with a master's degree. Congratulations. Thank you. And I mean, you know, looking at like data, like Latinos are extremely underrepresented in higher ed. And while I think higher ed is a a very racist, you know, capitalist money trap, I also want to see mi gente in there. I want to see my people in there. I want to see my family in there. I want to see people like me rewriting the data, rewriting the narrative. You know, we briefly talked before we got on the mic and Saki and I said, um, how much we loved your episode with Amber. Amber uses language and says people of the global majority when referring to folks of color, which is true. And that's what I'm saying, dude. I want to open a textbook and not see these suffering minorities. I want to see, no, I want to see people of the global majority. And that's why people like us not only should be in leadership, but have to be dude like you want to see the new earth put people of color in charge that's how you'll get there straight up 
I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. Well put. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we have a direction at the moment, but I would love we to touch on. We don't. We yeah. don't. I was like, I was like, hmm. Like, what do y'all like? I, if, there, if there's anything else y'all want to bring up, and then we'll, I'll guide gently guide this into our landing. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk about my views on the new Earth for a moment, please. Um, yeah. Anytime I have an ear, a microphone, feel like shouting, go in. It's what I'm on. <laughs> um, you know, I firmly believe, um, and I'll kind of back up a little bit that uh, my background is really firmly rooted in science, spirit, and social justice. And I truly believe that we are at the end, nearing the end of this paradigm as we know it. And by that, I mean, I think we are watching the collapse of systems that have been working perfectly as designed to keep some up and some of us down. You know, the first time I met you, Aaron, I really went in with you on some shit, which uh, might be intense for some Portland ears to hear, but I'm going to say it. And it's that at the end of the day, I really do believe our true enemy is classism. Mm -hmm. And we are constantly kept divided by not just limited to, but one of them being race. When we break down race, it is a social construct created by whiteness to basically keep us divided and hating each other and distracted from the fact that if the 99 of us unify, we could literally destroy them. I believe that in my heart. That does not diminish in any way, shape, or form the tangible horrific oppression that people of color experience day in and day out and have been since the dawn of time. But I really do believe right here and now we are seeing full systems collapse. And I think, you know, as fucked up as this pandemic has been, like, my God, has it blown the lid off that door. And don't get me wrong, there were a lot of us sitting here like, Oh, great. You woke up. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? For sure. But like to the ones that did, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge you, but I am going to keep whispering in your ear and having you keep tilting, you know. And if the past two years have taught me anything, babes, I don't want reform. I want abolition. I want it gone. And white supremacy tells us okay so you want it gone well then what's the new thing what do you have to replace it with because white supremacy capitalism it needs the answer now but it's like bitch we ain't done this before in this time like we can go back to the old ways like look at like how like the red tent days and like see how it was done then and like analyze those frameworks but i really do believe we're going to have to create a new earth because that worked in that time period. I don't know if it will be the exact same when we, when we feel capitalism fall. And I do think 
in our lifetime, we are going to see it. I really fucking do. And I think that, you know, um, we're seeing kind of like these like grasping hands of like holding on to these old structures, dude. And oh my God, these old hands are trying so fucking hard, dude. But at the end of the day, it's like, nah, dude, everything is evaporating. I mean, the gen below us has basically abolished gender. Like, like what the actual fuck you know so when i talk about the new earth and sure i have like specific ideas in mind but i'm talking about a post capital post colonized society that is really more centered on collectivism mindsets i think the word socialism really scares people so i don't really like to use that word that much but I'll say true collective centers. Like, that's what I believe. And living outside a world where money is the only legitimate exchange that keeps us going. That's what I mean when I talk about a new earth. And when I was talking about, you know, uh, having more people in color of charge, you know, I think that that is an easy answer for here and now because... At the end of the day, I do not think representation will save us. I don't. I think grassroots movements will save us. I think investing in your local leaders will save us. And at the end of the day, what is actually going to save us is, lovingly, white people waking up to their own bullshit. One of my homies, who is Native, we've had some really in-depth conversations about... um, You know, every culture is here for a specific purpose. And they told me that Native people are really here as, like, guardians of, like, this earth, like, stewards of this earth. And, you know, I've talked with them about um, Latinos and our, like, very intimate connection with death and dying and, like, what that means for us. And they really said, you know, when I asked them, I was like, yo, see what are white people here to do? And they were like, distribute. That means distribute money, distribute power, distribute position. I think that is what white people are here to do. White people are also here to learn. Absolutely. But it's like, there's a part of me that gets a little tired with that answer too. Because it's like, boo-boo, how much you need to learn. Yeah, I think it's just like like knowing what the lesson is and just saying, nah, I'd rather be over here. And it's just like the ignorance. It's like when, when not seeking growth and transformation and, and love essentially, and you're still going to be have your needs met, and you're still going to be able to thrive, maybe not spiritually thrive, but monetarily or materially thrive in this system that they've created. And there's this larger mm-hmm. uh, like teaching mm-hmm. that needs to be undertook. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm just going to put it off till later. I'm going to keep putting it off till later. Mm-hmm. Like I'm spiritually depleted, but like this Lambo and these six houses, like and and <laughs> barring 
anybody else from experiencing these things is mm-hmm. so much fun like mm-hmm. type of thing and let's just keep putting it off and yeah blinding the masses the masses of like white people that don't even recognize their own privilege and don't even recognize like how they're being oppressed as well it's like you're fighting for yeah. the wrong dude, dude. and that's I'm the like, thing you fucking dummy like what are you doing they don't even know yeah you know and it's just like especially you know all of us are not from the state of oregon you know when i moved here I had no idea, like, even just, like, the history of this state that a lot of my homies don't know about who've grown up here. And I'm like, yo, dude, this was one of the last states in the U.S. where black and brown people could own land. Like, yo, dude, you have an existing Ku Klux Klan in Southern Oregon. Like, it's so deeply embedded in culture but even just zooming really in micro to the state that the three of us live in. And it's just like, it's not their fault. White people existing right here and now. And I say that as white people, but it is our responsibility. It's not our fault. It is our responsibility. And the the quicker we make that tip of getting out of the, oh, it wasn't me and I'm a good white person and, I marched at the protest, dude, and, you know, like... I laid on the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, it's just like, nah, fam, it's deeper than that. And it's like, yo, dude, if your activism isn't costing you at some point in time some coin, a friend, like, you know, you're not doing it right, dude. Like, it, there's no way in hell if... Because activism isn't a thing that you do. Activism is a lifelong commitment. And I think that's where we're getting a little tripped up in the sauce. You know? Yeah. Especially Portland that identifies with projecting themselves as being socially aware and fighting for the cause or whatever. It's like the most performative place I've ever been in my life. Like there's no... Totally. The rubber never meets the road. Totally. And Mm. like I would... I would like die of exhaust exhaustion if i can like like uh explain what this dynamic is but it's like they think that like putting a sign up is good enough and it's like yeah. it's not good enough mm-hmm. and like people in portland like you're not good enough mm-hmm. <laughs> and you mm-hmm. don't and you have to strive and you have to mm-hmm. like you said make a sacrifice like mm-hmm. whether that is monetarily or like making friendships, gram- social grandpa status. Mad. Yep. Like uh-huh, you gotta, uh-huh. you gotta remove yourself from grandpa's house, or at least uh-huh. like, at, le- at least let the truth be known, like yeah. within those circles, and don't be afraid that your aunt's gonna, like, not gonna invite you over anymore. It's mm-hmm. like stop being so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And stop enabling it because that's at the end of the day what it is. If you're not. Uh, able to kind of make those sacrifices or lose that coin or whatever mm-hmm. you're just enabling that behavior at the end of the day mm-hmm. Saki do you have any thoughts mm-hmm. on the new earth I'll say I have one more part oh, that I want to say which is that when I talk about the new earth um, I think that one part that is really important that I want to say is that in the new earth wellness is a melding of science and spirit I think we're really fucked up out here because um, we view mental health and Western medicine as 
what will keep us well when if anything it is a profit trap for keeping us ill and I say that as someone you know who like has educational background in this sector um so yeah I think the new earth is when we talk about wellness we're going to be talking about true mind body spirit wellness and integrating science and spirit under one roof for all people at an affordable exchange yeah I completely agree and that's like where I'm at as Mm -hmm. well too because it's like I feel like more like since the pandemic more of that information is starting to come to light as people are asking more questions because all of these modes of therapy or otherwise like aren't working on a large scale Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if they were working then people wouldn't then we'd be better questions yeah it's like (laughs) everyone's sick and people Mm -hmm. are kind of getting fed up and I think that inquiry um, will shed a light on like the truth and the merging of science and spirituality because I have like my list of trusted like resources and mentors from afar that I've been like tapped into for years now like pre-pandemic like I was listening to these people like Paul Check being one of them who so wild like I moved to Portland and I found out that he like lived in like my hometown I'm like my like like, guru from afar like literally was right around the corner from me and I'm like yo I could have just showed up to his door (laughs) but just talking about like food like organic food and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. exercise and integrating like soul connection and like Mm -hmm. the practices like the real things that we can do and empowering us to ourselves to 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 create optimal health because it's mm-hmm. our responsibility and stop outsourcing it to MDs that don't have any connection. Straight to anything. Up. It's like, you're going to sick doctors to try to prescribe health yep. with mm. fake tools, like with, with fake, fake results. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. And it's like, you can't create health from a sick system that is built to prey on, to basically prey on you. That's the colonizer shit, dude. Yeah. It's a system it's to help keep you it's, sick. It's like, it's obvious too though, but when you, kind of branch over to like a more natural way of living like it becomes very practical like even though like the layers of spirituality and connected connection to spirit like becomes the norm like once you have a new experience within a more or i guess like a less toxic system it just makes sense and you're yeah. like oh, okay like it should have been like this from the get-go right. and Becomes i think normalized. it's we're just so programmed into thinking that like going to the doctor that we've never met before and they've they're seeing 50 patients a day right like, there's mm-hmm. no personalized care within that they don't give a damn about you they right. they get paid by a pharmaceutical company to push these specific drugs anything outside of that gets vilified and right deemed exactly and it's like it's to the point that I won't get paid too if I try and treat you with something that the man hasn't checked off. Yeah, you know, absolutely, it's absolutely absurd. Um, did you want to say anything about the new Earth? I know we kind of talked. Uh, yeah, just I think that the new Earth is more, and we kind of already touched on this, but I think that the new Earth is more of a mindset change. I think that straight up, the it's a frequency change issue, yeah. a big issue of. Um, of the last system on top of everything that we already discussed is the fact that we didn't question it. We didn't ask why things are the way they were. We just accepted them for face value. Mm-hmm. And I think remembering to question mm. and remembering mm. to educate yourself and continually again, be a learner 
of life mm-hmm. is what is going to project this new earth into its fullest being at least this iteration of it mm-hmm. because i know that we ain't done Oh hell! No, we're yeah. literally just starting. Yeah, we're yeah. Started like yes, like it starts exactly. now. Yeah, like, no. we just we just took a first step. Straight up, yo! I just shook off my feathers. Like, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm I'm blessed that like all of us are like up for the challenge because we know that it requires the most from us and like what a I guess like what a calling and like what a blessing that we're able to like self actualize and and steer and step into power and step into leadership and guide others on this path um but yeah thank you so much for spending this time with me and like this is just like like ground level conversation for like this crew like, <laughs> know, right? i'm like i'm like i like we've talked we, we've literally hung out like three times and i'm just like oh yeah yeah we already we already this know just this shooting the yeah. shit yeah, this is just like oh yeah so like do you see the basketball game last night? <laughs> right. that's what this is right. like, you're like oh up. you see oh you see Straight jason up. tatum but it's yeah. not a uh-huh. all-star player <laughs> see that new like, movie yeah yeah, yeah yeah all that kind of stuff but i guess before we wrap up is there anything else you'd like to share with our beautiful listeners I would say the very last thing that I would love to um, put in. Can you ask us who we are? Who are you? Dope. (laughs) I asked Aaron to ask us this because Saki and I spent time meditating and praying on this before Aaron came over and we both really enjoyed the answers that came to us. Um, Who am I? Sometimes this question really gives me anxiety and it's not because I don't know myself I'm a very introspective person um, but I've realized that in the past few years it's because I used to answer this question within a capitalist doing framework so I want to do you know my best when I answer this question with y'all to sure talk about the hats that I wear but also just talk from my heart center about who I am I got teary-eyed earlier because the first thing that came through for me when I was praying, when I asked who I am, was my ancestors truly saying, you're my wildest dreams. I know that I am here and now, you know, a bitch with a backbone. I am a fire breather and also a flower pusher. I am duality in flesh. I am, (laughs) half the people are like, what the fuck is she doing? The other half are like, yeah, bitch, send it. Say that shit. Say that shit. Say that shit. In layman's terms, I am a biracial, bisexual healer, artist, and activist. Uh, my ancestors are Peruvian and Irish, which I've talked about before. Um, did I say Peruvian? You did. Wow, I was thinking about you. Yeah. That was cool. Um, the wellness practices that I practice, engage in, and offer in service are Reiki, trauma-informed therapy, uh, which we talked a little bit about. Um, just got my master's. Um, I don't love the word master. I think that it implies that I'm done learning. Um, so I try not to use that word, though. I consider myself a forever student. Um, 
I also study uh, brujeria, which for the non-Spanish folks, that is witchcraft, uh, somatic therapy, and different mindfulness practices. I'm also an artist. The mediums I engage in are film photography and writing. Um, and last, but absolutely not least, I'm Saki's life partner. And he is my best friend on that ride or die shit, for real, for real. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without his love, and it's really an honor to be his partner. And yeah, that's who I am. Wow. That was so beautifully put, mm -hmm. and I am so proud to be your partner as well. Um, to answer the question, who are you? I am Andrew Arasaki, first-generation American, half-Japanese, half-Peruvian. I am a husband to the most incredible partner, a dog dad, a brother, a son, an aspiring human dad, a traveler, a web developer, a three-time convicted felon, and a student of life. And I'll just stop there because who I am is ever-evolving. And to wrap it all up with a nice little bow, I'm going to describe myself as an adventurer of the human experience. Beautiful. I feel like I have to like <laughs> give something now. <laughs> Who am I? Mm, yes, spit a little for us. Who am know? I? Mm -hmm. That changes every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I ever want it to be fixed. <sighs> Straight up. I am creative as fuck. Mm -hmm. Constantly creating new worlds. Absolutely. That I want to experience, but that I more so want to share. I want to see other people's joy but not be tied emotionally to it or to be dependent upon it. I'm free. Mm. I'm open. I'm fearless. Mm. I'm always learning. Mm. I am a part of nature. Mm -hmm. I'm connected to spirit. I'm divinely guided. And protected and protected i'm a brother i'm a future husband mm -hmm. and a future father mm -hmm. all in due time where can people find you on the interwebs <laughs> <laughs> god today has been so fire um you can find us on instagram if you want to like link up and talk consciousness and new earth shit um my internet name is Saki Jaunt because, you know, you could take the girl out of Philly, but you can't take Philly out the girl. So that's what it is. <laughs> you can find me at on Instagram as well. My full name, Andrew Arasaki. Yeah. Um, and just got to say how grateful we are for this experience, Aaron. Took the words out of my mouth. I will say it has been just like a regular hang and we just put microphones on it, which is 100%. so killer um but yeah we have a lot of gratitude 
for thank really, you so much no i appreciate it like everything like and this is just the beginning truly so, yeah well thank you ashley thank you saki and thank you all for listening to opening presence mm-hmm.